Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages. Or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. This is Jared Sandler, and you're listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go! This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast, brought to you, as always, by Waltons. Waltons, everything but the meat, and also by Dallas Sports Nation. Uh, C.J. has the day off today, so... I had to go back through my Rolodex and, and find someone that I podcasted with for like 335 years, Nathan Haig from the Haig Sports and uh, news writer in Marshall, Texas. Nathan, how you doing? All right. How far down this list was I if you had to go down through the Rolodex? I had to go down through – well, actually, you're the only other one on the Rolodex besides CJ, so it really wasn't that hard. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure because, I mean, I thought maybe you might have Rick Riley or, you know, well, I mean, you know, you know someone if, like that. If like Eric Nadell wanted to co-host, that, I would have been fine with that too. Yeah, I mean, and I would have completely understood that yeah, too. I thought, but, I thought you probably yeah. would have. <laughs> no, Nathan, always fun to have you on, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's good. I, I always love it. I miss it. it. It's it's so hard to do for different reasons, but like, I miss it. And I was like, it, it's it's always just it's always good to be back on. Yeah, and like for those that don't know, me and Nathan did a podcast together. I think from 2008 to like 2016 or 17. It was a long time. Something like that. Yeah, it was a while there. The Hague Sports. We we were yeah. actually kind of a big deal for a little while. Yeah, no, it was it, it, some great memories. We, we 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 did like a lot of like there's a lot of like segments and stuff that I love that we did, and um, I was actually thinking of a couple of them that like especially with how times have changed, how like some like, like I, it wouldn't stop us from doing it, quite honestly. Like I think we would still do the Drama Queen Award. Oh, um, <laughs> well, like, some of the little skits some of those we things. probably would get in trouble for now. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember not to go off on a tangent too much but do you remember that because there was a i believe like a city league um softball team in california for homosexuals and uh there was a guy on there that apparently what got its trophy stripped away remember this i do remember tro- this, it's yeah. trophy because one of the guys apparently um was considered not gay enough yes I remember so that. let me just let me just say the little thing that we did on that we'd probably get in trouble in front today <laughs> we probably would but you know what it was all in good fun and back then we didn't have the uh, the cancel police quite as bad as we do now 
<laughs> right. Yeah. How many people would there, there would be an outrage? Cancel Hague Sports. <laughs> yeah, we, we would have been, been long gone. But, you know, <laughs> like I said, some of the skits, some of the songs we wrote, we probably got. <laughs> By the way, I was going through uh, my emails because my email is almost full. And this is we're way off topic, but that's what we do. So that's cool. But I was absolutely. And I found old emails between you and me, and I actually found some of those songs that I had emailed you. That's awesome. So I, yeah, because I lost some of them, awesome. and now I found them again. So I'm, oh say, man, I might reforward those to you just so you can run down memory lane and, and listen to. Songs. Oh man, that's good stuff. Jesus, take the ball. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we had we had several of them on YouTube too. Like I mean, yeah, actually, I you can still find some of them long. there if you go to some the of them. Yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, search the Hague Sports, and yeah, I can find, yeah. <laughs> Good times. But anyway, we're here tonight to but, talk about tonight, today, whatever, whenever you're listening to this, to talk about the Rangers. A lot has happened in the last, oh, I don't know. I think we podcasted last Wednesday, so in the last five days, several things have happened. Okay, so that Wednesday is when the, um, the commissioner sent out that press release or whatever saying another two series were being taken away yeah it looked and and you and i had texted back and forth a couple of times about that um that day because we're like man i'm really starting to think there's not going to be a baseball season and it was it was such it was a depressing feeling really because it was like yeah. we we're so far from it and like the next day it was like complete 180 yeah so like from what you've heard like what happened in that time because it just it's so crazy that it was a complete 180 and it's not only are the those series not being taken away? But they're saying we're going to have a full 162 game uh, season. So I'm like, wow, that's so different. That is complete opposite. Uh, it's good, but it's complete opposite of what we just heard. So like, I'm curious as to what happened in that time for you. Well, I think period. it was. I think it was the vote. If if you looked at what happened, the the player representatives all voted no to the deal, and the players that aren't weren't being represented by those eight or nine guys. Almost all of them voted yes. So I think the players who aren't making, you know, $28 million a year really wanted to play baseball. And the other ones didn't think the deal was good enough. And I think once Rob Manfred found out that the players are going to vote for it, then he realized, okay, maybe we can save the season. And also, I mean, his PR took a huge hit. Like, still, yeah. still no one likes the guy. Oh no. And that's the case for all the commissioners too, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> just... But I mean, he, he's, He's got a lot to do if he's going to recover. And I don't know that he ever will oh, yeah. because of some of the stuff he said before the lockout and during the lockout. Right. He called the World Series trophy a piece of trophy, metal. Trophy, a piece of metal. Right. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, and he said, um, that, you know, it wasn't profitable to be a baseball owner. And and here's the thing, too. Like, baseball has a problem. I mean, obviously, we all love the game. and But, like, it, it's got the problem in that guys just aren't necessarily – aren't nearly as recognizable as the other sports. Yeah. Like you don't have to be a basketball fan to know who LeBron James, Tom Brady, and you know, are like, you, you no. don't have to follow that at all. Whereas like how many guys are going to be like that? Like, or, or is that the case for like just an average fan or not even a fan? Like someone who's not even a fan of baseball sees, you know, what Mike Trout, yeah. I mean, big poppy who's no longer in the league, but you know, like, so how many, how many guys are like that? And, now in the league well yeah and if you think about i mean even like college sports like before he was in the nfl everyone knew who you know who joe burrow was you know everybody knew who who right. lawrence was and that was when they were in college you know i mean yeah everyone knows who nick saban is how many how many right. major league managers can you name right now right you know it, not very it, many it, and we cover sports right exactly and that's the thing it's and so like you can name 
you know, pretty much every NFL head coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I can name, I can name a bunch of them. I can name almost every starting quarterback around the league. And I follow baseball way more than football, but I follow the Rangers. I can tell you everything about the Rangers organization, right. but I, you asked me, you know, who's, uh, who's the ace in Milwaukee. I can't tell you that. And that's that's another thing too is baseball is just such a regional thing. Like yeah. most most fans aren't going to watch just you know two teams if it's not their team. And whereas like you know Monday Night Football, you're tuning in. Yeah, I mean, no um, matter who's and, playing. Yeah, Monday Sunday night Monday night. Well, and, and now and especially now probably too because uh, they're <laughs> with that crew that's getting you know yeah, not that's to get too be, far that's off subject. Pretty but, good crew for ESPN. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because Monday Night Football is completely dropped off from what it was. Yeah. Um, it not, has has not been the same in a long time. But well, you, um, and me, you and me growing up, we had Frank, Allen, Dan, and you know that. Yeah, was, exactly. That That's what, oh man, oh man, fantastic. John Madden and Pat Summerall, like we had, you know, we had crews growing up that were just amazing at what they did. Oh man, it, it just and like we talked about, especially after John Madden and passed, you know, just like the nostalgia, like and. and it, his passing was so the timing of that was crazy. Yeah. Because they were um, just had the that documentary. Special, uh, documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we had just, we had talked about the documentary before, you know, cause I had watched it. Like I had watched it a couple nights before. Like, I don't know if I watched it the night that it was released or a couple nights later, I think it was a night or two after. And then the next day basically was when we yeah. heard of his passing. I, I, and didn't I'm like, it. I didn't watch it. I missed it. The first few I watched it after he had passed. So, that's right. It was yeah. way, like it hit me way harder after he had just passed away. Yeah, for sure. But like in the, the ending of it, especially like when it is talking, his son's talking about yeah. what his dad means yeah. to him. And you just, it was weird. Cause I remember just kind of watching that. And then you saw Madden's reaction to what his son was saying. Yeah. And it was, it was just, there was something about it though, to me that made me think something might happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, but anyway, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, good, good talk. But let's let's get back to baseball. Right. But I was, I was, I was about to direct it that to, to yeah. back to baseball too. Actually, and I was about to say. So all that being said, like, yeah, you tune in. Like, you have so many reasons to tune into base or to, to, to football. I feel like, regardless, like, I mean, because you can pick out different storylines, or whatever. Whereas that's one of the things they're lacking. So like, you're not going to necessarily watch a baseball game, um, and, unless it's your team playing. Um, and, and as far as the, like the broadcast crews and stuff, I've, um, ever since, um, Vince Scully had, you know, had, had retired to like, like, I remember we knew Vince Scully was about to retire and I caught, I, I listened to a lot of Dodger games that season, like his last or second to last season, yeah. you know, you just to just try to sink it in, you know? And you're right. And to bring it back to what we were talking about, same thing with, with crews. You can name so many NFL crews, even the B and C teams that call games. But for that's nat- true. national guys calling baseball, like I don't know who calls for ESPN right now. I can't remember. I don't know who calls Saturday Fox games. I can't remember. Well, I mean, it was Joe Buck, but well, <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's. Well, no, he didn't do the Saturday Fox games, though. Normally. Oh, not the Saturday. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah I that's know, true. I don't know who they have right that's now. That's true. Who calls those games? So Paul, Mc, Paul, uh, not Paul, Mc, uh, Paul. Uh, that would be cool. Mike Patrick, Mike Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. Now, Dan um, Patrick would be good uh, too. Yeah, I don't see him ever doing it though. No, he's got he's got a sweet gig with what he's doing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he does. There's a guy. I don't know, but 
that's your exact point though. Like, I mean, that's just yeah, what just you're saying. Right? Yes. And trying to remember. And that's, you know, like you said, it's so regional now, you know, you know, CJ Nikowski who calls for the Rangers and Dave Raymond, you know, Eric Nadell and Matt Hicks, you know, we know all that for our local guys, but not, not right. really, not really national baseball. So yeah, they do have a problem with that. And I think here's what I've been saying is I don't think baseball games take too long. I think baseball games are too slow. If you know what I mean? Yeah. And and here's the thing, like, I don't watch games live. No. Like, and so it's like, you know, fast forward, skip through commercials, skip time in between, like, and then you can get through a game and, you know, get, get through a game in an hour, an hour and a half. Easy. Yeah. Um, and, and, but like, part, I say that to say, like, I don't realize how long they actually are though. Yeah. Um, just because I don't, like, I don't sit there and watch like, you know, because I skip a bunch of, of, of that crap. Um, but I mean, so but you're right though. Like they, like the, the you know the advantage I think for baseball is that it's one of those one of those deals where you can go, you can do you can multitask at watching yeah. a game as a fan. You know, like um, whereas like yeah, all the other sports that are just fast and intense, and you can't like yeah, you can just do whatever, hang out, watch a game and chill and ha have conversations about who knows what, yeah. um, where you can't do that with the other sports, but, but, that, but that also plays into that slowness that you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, it's just the fact that, you know, there's so much time in between. And even, even if you're not talking about in between pitches or just in between things happening, because you know, the way it is right now, there's more strikeouts than hits. So you're, you're right. You know, there could be three or four innings before something exciting happens. And you're talking about an hour, hour and 20 minutes between something exciting happening in a game where football, there's always something right. happening. And in basketball, there's always something happening. Even hockey, right? Hockey, there's not a lot of scoring, but it's a fast paced game. You know, you have to keep your back eye and on forth. There. Right. Well, and it's hard to see the puck on that, but that's a different story. But yeah, but Baseball is just like, and, and the, the best thing about Rangers baseball driving around or working in a shop is listening to Eric and Matt on the radio because they're, they're entertaining. You know, they find ways to entertain you during the game. And that, I mean, yeah. I don't know that announcers should have to work really hard to find ways to entertain you when you're calling a sporting event. Right. That, that Yeah, I completely agree. Like you need to stay out. Don't make yourself part of the story. Yeah. Um, but they have to because there's so so much downtime. Eric, right. Cardell, when we had him on, called it diversionary tactics, <laughs> just to keep people listening. Yeah, that's no, true. That's yeah. true. All right, so let's move on to the lockout ended, and the first thing the Rangers go out and do is acquire what we all thought they would do—a new catcher. Yeah, I know, right? Who saw that one coming? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and trading away uh, uh, Isaiah kind of for Leffa. Yeah. I mean that was that that was uh, unexpected as well, and you know he, he stop he goes uh, stops in Minnesota, probably goes to Mall of America before being shipped off to New York. Yeah, and the thing is, I think, and I wrote about this on Dallas Sports Nation. I think that Isaiah probably requested for them to shop him because, I mean, would you really want to be told, all right, this year you're going to be a stopgap until Josh Young is ready? I mean, he's a you know 26 year old you know premier defensive shortstop and he's thinking I really don't want to go back to playing third and as a stopgap but not even as the everyday third baseman so I, I don't know this but my guess is he probably requested to be traded somewhere and I also wonder how how long the Yankees were looking at him like did they yeah. give the Rangers an offer and then the Rangers realized okay we're going to get a better deal from the twins so he's going through there so you go talk to Minnesota <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably what happened because 
if you look at who the Yankees sent to the uh, to the Twins, there was a catcher involved in there. So, right. And it, he isn't as good as supposedly as uh, Mitch Garver is. Mitch Garver, you know, has hit some home runs over the past few seasons. He's also had some injuries and his batting average is not as high as I would want for the for the return on Isaiah Counter Falefa. Yeah, no, exactly. It's and yeah, I'm working on an article agree. about that too, just like trying to justify why they decided now was the time to go out and get a, you know, catcher who's thirty one years old. Right. Yeah. Just a lot of just, you know, head scratchers all around. I mean, you hope they know what they're doing, but I mean, we we both know that they're not gonna compete in twenty twenty two. That's not the idea. They're 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 setting up for twenty twenty three and beyond. You won't see Jack Leiter this year. You you probably will see Cole Wynn. Uh, but you won't see a lot of the Ricky Vanasco. You won't see a lot of these high touted prospects yet because they're just not right. ready to be there yet. So I think the Rangers are kind of going to roll with what they have. And at third, I mean, if you remember at the end of the season last year, their best hitter was Andy Abanez. And I think that's, that's right. probably who the Rangers are going to wind up starting at third, unless they go out and get like a Charlie Culberson or a Brock Holt again. Have they reached out to you about taking that spot? Well, of course, but you know, I, don't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take that away from a young player. Yeah, no, you you don't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to embarrass those young guys at my age. Oh man, it just can't, they, they think their career's over because they just can't compete with you. Well, I think I'm going to let you finish the show by yourself. I'm going to retire from podcasting. Oh wait, I'm back now. Mind? <laughs> well, that was quick. I couldn't even get a word in. The, the the best joke I saw, the best two jokes I saw, well, one about Tom Brady retiring was the MLB lockout lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement. <laughs> that's true and the other one was rob manfred punished baseball fans more than he punished the astros players yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so i think the rangers though are going to stay internal i think abanez will probably be your guy at third i think that and you know again, well i don't even know who's out there though that like who who's out there like that could take i mean i mean there's the only uh, big name i hear being bantered around is chris bryant Okay. Because he can play outfield and Chris infield. Bro. So, um, but he's just, he's going to cost too much. I don't think the Rangers want to spend. He's getting up there too, and he's getting up there. But like I said, if you're looking for a stopgap, because Young should be back this year, maybe. Yeah. Um, but even if he's not, you're just looking for a stopgap for one year. I wouldn't bring in a twenty million dollar player, you know, for a stopgap. Culberson and Holt are still out there, and of course, you know, they're for outfield. They're still talking about Seiya Suzuki, but they got, um, you know. Cole Calhoun, and now they picked up Jake Marisnik on a non-roster invitee deal to see if he can work out in the outfield. Uh, he he he's an interesting player because he was on that 2017 Astros teams. I don't know how how much Rangers fans would uh, would accept Jake Marisnik. Yeah, I mean, not definitely not as a long-term answer. You know, no. it's like. And, and you know, sorry, I don't mean to bring it back to football again, but like when you, when you're looking for a quarterback, sometimes you just have to accept that you're not going to get your guy for the future, like this particular season. Yeah. And so it's best to just kind of build around, maybe add, add some weapons in the receiving core, or you know, add some protection on the offensive line, and then be able to get the get bring in a quarterback who will be well protected and have weapons to throw to even if you don't know who that is at this moment, but so many people are in such a hurry that, okay, we have to have our guy now. Well, I think it's a lot so often the same case. I mean, like, yeah, looking for a third baseman, third base and shortstop, especially like, you know, sometimes it's best to be okay, to be patient and be like, okay, you know what? Like you alluded to a little bit ago, 
this is not our year to compete for the World Series. Yeah, and, we've got to build for that. And I, and I think everything, build- everything but pitching for the future is already here. Like, I don't think they're right. looking for any more position players for the future. You've got, you know, 12 pretty good outfielders in the minor leagues. You've got a ton of good infielders. You've got, you know, a ton of good pitchers. And I think you're at the point now where they're just looking for guys to fill holes for 2022. Right, right, exactly. Which is kind of what they did with uh, with Martin Perez when they brought him back, which I didn't mention yet. You know, they brought Perez back on a one-year, $4 million deal. I mean, that's they've been doing that for years with Jordan Lyles and Kyle Gibson. Yeah. And, you know, and some of them have worked out. Lance Lynn, some of them haven't. You know, Jordan Lyles and uh, Mike Fultonevich obviously didn't work out. But oh, you know, man. If, if Martin Perez can just eat up some innings and, you know, win seven or eight games, give you a four-and-a-half ERA, I think you take that. Yeah, I agree. So I, I, don't agree. Think, I don't think they're really looking for him to light it up, you know, and become an all-star pitcher. They're just looking for him to get in there and to eat up some innings so these young guys' arms don't get worn out during the season. Right. So, um, all right, what else do I want to talk about tonight? We uh, we talked about that. So looking at the roster going forward, uh, we, we did mention that. I did mention that we would probably talk a little bit about that. For my starters, I think number one is going to be the guy they brought in, Jonathan Gray. I think it – yeah, I think I, I just don't know who else you go with at this point. Like I figured it could be like Dane Dunning or Taylor Hearn if they were starting at home. But since they're starting on the road, I don't think it makes as much sense to start, you know, give a guy a reward for pitching through that bad season last year on the road. I think the way I have it, I have Taylor Hearn starting the first home game. Okay. Because I think that would be more important to, I mean, I think the Rangers would want to reward him by starting him in front of the home crowd. Where it doesn't really right. matter to Gray because he wasn't here last year when they went through the you know horrible season that they did. Oh man! And it could yeah. also be it could also be I mean, Dane Dunning. I think it's one probably gonna be one of those first two. Yeah. That you meant. Um, and like yeah, I think you could you could potentially swap those two, but for the reasons you mentioned, yeah, I think I, I, I that does make the most sense. Yeah, and then number three, I had Martin Perez starting, and again. I could see him starting the first home game too, just for nostalgia for Rangers fans. Yeah. Yeah. But I figured I have Taylor Hearn four. And then I had a lot of people, you know, Colby Allard started a bunch last year, AJ Alexi, Jake Latt, Spencer Howard. But I went with Glenn Otto because that seems to be the one that the Rangers really want to succeed. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And even though Colby Allard, you know, had a decent season, it wasn't great. And I think, I just think the Rangers, and for that fifth spot, I think all those guys I just mentioned are going to rotate through during the season. Yeah. Like, I don't see that fifth yeah, spot I, being, being locked down for anyone. Well, and not, and like, I, I'm also wondering how many of those guys stay through the whole season. Like, yeah. you know, trading free agency and all that. Yeah, it depends. I think it depends how good some of those guys play. But I think that was my, that was my five starting pitchers that I had going because, I think, and like I said, the reason was I think they want one of the guys who struggled through last year to start the first home game. Right. Because, you know, I mean, it's fun to start the the opening game in front of your home crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But hopefully it doesn't turn into a uh, moment like Kyle Gibson was at last year where he, <laughs> he gave up seven runs and oh. with, with four outs. Oh, man. And then wound up having uh, a fantastic season. But <laughs> that first game was rough. Oh gosh, that was bad. Was that last year? Yeah, that was last year. Believe it or not. Oh man, 
Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't 2020. So, if we look ahead to next year, I mean, Clayton Kershaw. I know everyone's been talking about him. He signed a one-year deal with the Dodgers. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think that he is considering coming here next year? I don't know. Um, I mean, it, that that'd be basically this farewell tour if yeah. he did. Yeah. Um. I mean, the reason he chose the Dodgers this year, he yeah. said, the reason he chose the Dodgers this year was because for a chance to win the World Series, and he knew that that wouldn't happen with Texas this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I could see it, but like, my like my my gut says it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I and hey, I'd be, I would love it if I was wrong. I'd love to see him come. Um, of course, like his better days are behind him, yeah. as we know, but um. I would love to see him come, but I just I don't really see it happening. And he's probably just going to go watch his buddy Matt Stafford over there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Win some more games for the Rams. Yeah, just won a Super Bowl. So they <laughs> yeah, they both won a championship in their sport now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of those two did not have the strongest strongest arm of his graduating class. That is correct. In high school, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, because both those guys. Wow. But so going forward, I think. I mean. I think the Rangers are going to have a decent season. I mean, definitely better than 62 wins from last year. Uh, definitely yeah. a much better season than that. So I think, uh, or 60 wins, sorry, they were 60 and 102. Yeah, definitely better than that. But, you know, if you had to guess, since I don't know when you're going to come back on again, how many wins plus or minus do you have the Rangers Ooh. having? Have you thought Ooh, about that okay. at all yet? Not, I mean, it's, not since the lockout ended. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I hadn't really given it much thought because I was, um, I, I had thought about it, especially when they went, like before lockout started and when they uh, went out and spent some money in free agency. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go right around 500 mark. That, yeah, I'd be, and I'd be real happy with, with uh, the 500 mark. I mean, if they finished 81 and 81, yeah. I have them at 75 right now, so we'll see. Yeah. But I think, you know, I had them 75 plus or minus, you know, four or five wins. So I think I think you're right on target, too. I think a lot of people have them right around 500. Now, if their young pitchers take a step forward, I could see them winning more gains. But that's a big if. Right. Yeah, and it, you can't – yeah, you definitely, definitely can't count on that necessarily. Yeah, guys like Cole Wynn and uh, Jake Latz and – and all these guys they have in the minors, you know, Ricky Venasco, if they get to the majors, right. you can't expect them to come in and be an ace when they've never pitched at the major league level. Oh, no. Gosh, no. It's such a different ballgame. Oh, it, it ought to be fun. I love spring training. I'm glad it's finally going. Well, um, un, un Rangers related, but Freddie Freeman, where do you see him ending up? Does he stay in Atlanta? Or does he go to? Does he go over to uh, the Dodgers as well? I don't know, because Atlanta just picked up Matt Olson from Oakland. Um, and that kind of surprised me, you know, cause yeah. according to reports on Twitter, they didn't even tell Freddie Freeman they were making that deal and you know, that's, that's his position. So <laughs> that's right. That's a little bit strange. So, and I, I've seen people it is strange. that the Rangers should get him. I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think, I mean, I love Freddie Freeman, but right. that would be overspending for, I don't, I don't think that's, do that. That, that's going to come with a very hefty cost for sure. Let's talk about some minor league rule changes that'll be happening this year. Um, they want to eventually put these into the major leagues. Not all of them will be in the major leagues this year, but here is what they're putting on in some of the minor leagues this year. I believe in all of them, they will have an on the field p- 
pitch timer, sort of like a play clock in football. Um, and those rules will be used okay. in low A West and the Arizona fall league. So those are not going to be uh, in all the leagues, just low A West and the Arizona fall league. So pitch clock, what's your opinion on that? Um, I'm, I'm actually really neutral on Like, like I, I get one to expand it or you keep the, keep it going, keep the pace of it going. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can, I, it's one of those I can do without or go, like, I really, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to make much of a difference. I'm okay either way. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, there's already a rule that you can only wait so long to throw a pitch and it's not being followed. So, you know, if right. just, if they would just put in a directive out there for the pitchers, Hey, try to be within, you know, five or six seconds of this, that probably would have been fine instead of the drastic. All right, we're going to put a pitch clock in center field. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which, and I understand they're, they're, they're trying to speed up the game again, like we've talked about, but again, I don't think the length of the game is a problem. I think it's the pace of the game. That's a problem. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No, we've talked about that. Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it might contribute some, but I don't know. I mean, yep. Okay. The number but, two thing that they're changing is they're going from a 15-inch base to an 18-inch base to try to reduce collisions when people are sliding in, getting stepped on, uh, and reduce you know the distance for steals so more guys can steal bases. I mean, honestly, does an inch and a half really make that big of a difference in a steal? I guess it could. I don't know, and I'm also I do wonder too if like the whole because obviously you have the whole aspect of you know tie goes to the runner, yeah, and will it make it easier than for there to be more ties? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so more guys are, you're talking more guys, get on steal, more guys get steals, more guys get on base. Um, and, and that's like, I don't know if that makes much of a difference either as far as like the length of the game. Cause you know, now you're going to have more guys being safe, Yeah, but I just don't see that. I mean, engine, just that inch and a half, like how much difference will that really make? Well, yeah. And they're probably trying to look for more close plays at, at bases so that it's more exciting. Right. Well, especially at first base, because that's really the only one that's going to be really effective. Now, aren't they also having ads on their uniforms? Yes. Well, that's that's I've heard that. I didn't read that yet, but I have heard that as well, which I do not like. I don't like that at all either. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm really not a fan. And I know the NBA started. And I just don't like it. I just yeah, I know it's small, but still. And, and okay, one thing. So what are we talking about too? Is like so, like in the NBA, it just seems to be, so. Yeah, when the NBA came out with this, when they started having logos on their uniforms, yeah, I was like, what can you name teams? Like, if you were to name the if the, if the team name was sponsored by this product, what yeah, would like it, what change, would some names the team be? name to a product? Should right, like Chicago Red Bulls, <laughs> the Cleveland Chevy Cavaliers. There you go. Um, the um, what was it? What, what the Denver McNuggets? The Dallas um, Top Gun Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, right, and but like, it, but I'm having a hard time being up with MLB names. Like, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. it comes much more natural for uh, for for MLB and the like baseball. It's like, but like, and by the way, I think baseball has some of the best team names in, in all the sports. Yeah, I like, agree. Actually, the, the guy we had on last week does minor league logos, and we talked about there's some great minor league team names too. One thing that baseball has done right is they've let their minor league teams have a little fun and sort of have a local connection with their names, and it's, uh, some of those are really that's, good. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, some yeah, definitely got some really good ones out there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think on the uniform, I don't, I don't like that. No, no, ads on the uniforms, I hate that. But all right. But, so, by the way, I think the best, the best logo, by the way, in MLB, I think it's got to be the Milwaukee Brewers. That is a good logo. I agree with you. I do like, really like golly. That. Yeah. <laughs> And there's some there's some good ones too in major and minor league baseball. I agree. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Maybe they should put ads on the bases instead of on the on the players since they're going to be bigger. That was that was one of the things they talked about a while back though. Yeah, I know, you know, at some point, but they'd have to find ways yeah. to get the shot in there correctly. They didn't want their cameraman to have to worry about that. Uh, yeah, I I yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan, but I mean, it's, I'll take it though. I'll take it over, you know, over having no season at all. Obviously. Oh, I totally agree with that. All right. The next one is defensive positioning in double a high a and low a the defense must have a minimum of four players on the infield with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base. So basically no more crazy seven guys in the outfield on a shift. I, 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 I think just go with the strategy. I think that having that rule takes away strategy. I'm not a fan of the rule. The thing is, I'm torn on this one because I don't like the fact that they put everyone on one side of the infield. But on the other hand, I mean, and here's the deal. Like a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, when people say just take it the other way, that's really hard to do, no matter who you are. Right. If the ball's coming yeah, in. Yeah. If, it, if it's in, you know, at 98 miles an hour, I don't even know if any professional batter could get it the other way. But a couple of bunts, you know, but again – if Joey Gallo bunts, then you've taken away the threat of the home run. So that works as well. So like you said, right. it's a strategy thing. And while I don't like it, I also don't know that they needed a rule to change it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. It makes sense. Like, yeah, I like the, I, I think I, I think I'm on the same page as you. Cause like it does, it does take away strategy and um, shifting. It's like, okay, if they're on that side, then, try to aim for that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and that's the thing. It's just hard because when you think about the, the speed of the ball and all that, and, and especially if they're pitching them in, like I, you know, I don't know if any professional batter could take a 98 mile an hour up and in ball and go the other way with it. Yeah. But again, you know, that's part of the strategy. You pitch him up and in so that he can't go the other way. Right. Exactly. So it's just yeah. kind of, it's kind of fun. I think, I think it, we'll which, see how which, it works. At least it's in the minors and not the majors yet. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, if it makes its way up to the, I don't know. I, I, it's definitely like the, the, the miners are basically like the guinea pig right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they're doing. They're using that's to figure out if stuff works or not. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. And the last one to me is something that I've never really wanted to see. And I'll say that, I'll admit that because I'm old and I like the human element in a game. But in triple, in select triple A games and low A Southeast games, Automated ball strike technology will be used to call balls and strikes. I am completely on the fence about this one, actually. Yeah. And because I, I'm with you in that, like, like uh, I, I too am old school in a lot of ways. It's just like, you know, like tradition and all this stuff. And you know, But at the same time, like, man, if you can, if, if you can be sure you're going to get the call right, then and not have the game come between down potentially come down to a bad call then just go with the sure thing um because because like i'm thinking like if if i were to be if i were to be an ump or ref or something and, and i'm not like man i think i would want that as a bat at least like hey this is what this is the way it actually was like 
yeah, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to know for sure. And yeah, well, it's just, I, I'm on the fence about it. The one that gets me is in low A and the low A Southeast division, MLB is going to test what they're calling a challenge system in which umpires call balls and strikes and the pitcher, catcher, and batter have the ability to appeal the umpire's call. Um, See, in challenge no, games, no, each team will no. receive three appeals. So if you get a successful appeal, then you still have three more. Now, talk no. about slowing the game down. Right. That's Yeah, that is a big issue with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like either trying have, to, have the automated system or have the umpire, but I don't really like throwing a challenge right. flag for, oh, nah. that's a strike, not a ball, you know. Right. If you watch those games, I mean, it's amazing how often they're right. Yeah. I mean, obviously oh, I know. they it's do true. this. And, then and also, it takes away the strategy of players know which umpires call, you know, inside strikes, which umpires call outside strikes, which ones call high and low strikes. And they strategize how they pitch around the umpire behind the plate. Right. Yeah. And you can't do that. Well, like even a catcher. Yeah. Like even the catcher, like the way like the catcher can kind of like just reach out just outside the strike zone and make it look like he actually caught it there when it, you know, like there's some catchers that are just brilliant. At oh that. yeah. Jose Trevino actually for the Rangers is, is one of the best at that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, like you, I mean, it's you just, can, that stuff like kills that kind of thing though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And to me, that kind of stuff is funny to watch too. When they, when they do that is, is watching them, you know, Especially the ones that are way off that they try to pull back in like it's a strike. Those crack me up. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, so that well, takes away again strategy. But this again is all like for as far as speeding the game up, I don't, I don't see that happening in with, with being able to protest balls and strikes. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com. dot